You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Listen, people, you better take a 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say, we pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. 
We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time For an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi Hotep family. Hope everything is well with you today. Hope you're going to have a good day today. Hope you're going to get a chance to all do, do all the things you want to do, you do, must do again, do and will do. Hoping too that the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But of course it is not. And it has to get done. It must get done. Damn it, it will get done because you're going to do it. You ain't going to procrastinate. You're going to do it. 
That's the kind of brother and sister that you is. And that's why we have much admiration, love, and respect for you. Keep on getting it done. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, 8, 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. Top of the page, you'll see podcast. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs dated and titled. Shortcut you can use, go to the search engine of your choice, whatever that might be, Firefox, um, Internet Explorer, Google, Time for an Awakening. Hit um, Baba Oshi, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I dot net, Baba Oshi dot net. And once again, programs that are dated and titled. Yes. Also to family, um, the the program is on the website on Time for an Awakening so those who are having problems, I believe this is a remedy, who are having problems with uh, um, with the radio app, you know, those that are having problems with the radio app, uh, tune in. If you're having problems with tune in because of you know, playing those commercials, then uh, if you just uh, <clears throat> go to timeforanawakening.com, the program is there. Or, you know, and it, it plays the programs that are in the queue. And so this program is playing right now on timeforanawakening.com as well as uh, the radio, the internet radio piece. Yes, tune in. But like I said, they, they've been having cutting away with commercials and so people became, became very frustrated. So I think that's a remedy. And if it is, let us know, Okay. All right. Other programming we have here at Time for an Awakening. Uh, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. All times are going to give our Eastern time. So on Tuesdays, I didn't get a chance to listen last night. I don't know if it came on Black Reality Think Tank, but I'm, I'm going to be announcing it because it is supposed to come on uh, with um, Brother Alfonso Watkins in honor of Dr. William Rogers on Tuesdays, Black Reality Think Tank from 8 to 10. On Thursdays, tomorrow evening from 7 to 8, Mississippi on the Move, the Black Liberation Movement from 7 to 8 on Thursday. If it's Friday and it's 8 p.m., it's time for an awakening. It's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Fridays at 8 p.m. Saturdays from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. And then once again on Sunday at 7 p.m., time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. going to forego the uh, announcements because my co-host and dear friend, Brother Irv Lewis, is back from the motherland, is back from being at home, and we're going to talk to him about what, uh, what he experienced and so forth. So we're going to forego that. And uh, but I will announce. Um, I'm going to remember this this Sunday. She will be at the um, uh, Black Dot. She'll be at the Black Dot Cultural Center and bookstore and coffee bar this Sunday. Sunday, uh, April sixteenth. From 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. From 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. Mama Marimba speaks beyond damage control. 
toward a world African sovereignty. Ma'afa in the context of Ma'at, Sankofa, and African sovereignty. She'll follow up that particular address with a conversation with her uh, granddaughter, Kehinde, you know, connecting the generations and how important that is. Like I said, that, that should not be an issue with us, but it's an issue in the society. So if it's an issue in the society, that issue is in us as well, unfortunately. So, yeah. So, Mama Marimba, she'll, she'll be presenting on this Sunday. I can't wait to check that out. $10 emissions, and of course the proceeds go to um, Akaban Institute. She wants to support Baba Baruti. We all do. She deserves it. But also to um, the Bakasin Sunsun, which is next month. And it's going to be two days because it's held on land owned by some brothers and sisters. I'll get the details and and start announcing that very, very, very soon. So this Sunday, Mama Marimba speaks at the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar located in Lithonia, 6984 Main Street in Lithonia, to be exact. All right. Brothers and sisters, the Inya Sasim of daily revolutionary thought. Yeah. April 11th. An undisciplined elder is reviled by the children. An undisciplined elder is reviled by the children. An African proverb. An elder sister once said to me that if African male elders would only act as warriors, our young men would have no question about what to do. What to what to be could become excuse me, what to be would become crystal clear. Our tradition is a tradition of responsible elders, men and women of age, who did not see their lives as an obstacle course in preparation for a well deserved, leisurely irresponsible, unaccountable retirement before death. In the African tradition, eldership has always been a goal in life, an honorable, highly respected aspiration. It was a privilege bestowed only on those who had lived a righteous life, full of the earnest and devoted fulfillment of beneficiary duty and obligation to the community. Those who were incapable of filling these social contracts for reasons beyond their control were forgiven. Those unwillingly, for no sensible reason, were shunned, dismissed as cowards or traitors. Elders are held most responsible for their thought and behavior, as well as as the discipline of those that are, are the guardians of because they are the most experienced in the ways of the people and universal truth. Their wisdom guided the community in ways of its traditions. Because of their status, privilege, and role in maintaining the community's sanity, offenses by them were least tolerated, held to a higher standard as they should be. There are no excuses for those who have gained a knowledge of right and wrong through the experience of time. None at all, I say. Affirm, I hold my elders accountable as I struggle to be wise. Affirm, I hold my elders accountable as I struggle 
to be wise. April 12th. A situation of oppression generates a high level of tension and a great deal of frustration, which is generally discharged against substitute targets instead of the real oppressor. Lerone Bennett Jr. This quote by Lerone Bennett Jr., and I'm going to read, of course, off of Rudy's narrative, reminded me of my mother. My mother did day work in the suburbs of Milwaukee for Caucasians, some of them European Jews. And uh, so she became frustrated sometimes and come home and, you know, whoop our ass, my ass particularly, because she couldn't whoop the Caucasians' ass, you know. But I understood it, and I love my mother. I love my mother. You know, my mother, I learned to clean the bathroom at a very young age. I might have been five or six years old. But that was my job. Like I said, she cleaned houses for them. She didn't want to come to her own house and clean, too. She had three children, later four children. So everybody had some responsibility. And, of course, I, I did it in a way that it was definitely done right because she would inspect it, you know, and I didn't, and, and you didn't want to feel that wrath. So I had an attitude that I would do it so well that people would want me to come to clean their bathrooms. Took a serious responsibility. Took pride in my work, whatever it was. My mother taught me a lot of good lessons. I love you, Mom. In dire emergency medical situations, triage is used when a decision must be made about which persons should be saved and which should be allowed to die when the time or resources are not available to save them all. Me and my partner, Brother Irv, we are firefighters, and so we know seriously how triage is very important. We can't save them all, but those we can, we will do our best to do that. Many times, warriors are repeatedly faced with making similar situations. We often must decide which Africans should be given the attention they need to find their way home, given our limited time and resources, while those who have no interest in being re-Africanized are immediately removed as possibilities. We usually have to make this decision based on a level of preparedness, intellectual abilities, age, level of maturity, and resources based on uh, of the individuals as well as our own experiences, preferences, and qualifications. We have to invest our energy into saving those Africans who exhibit the greatest potential for assisting us in uncompromisingly finding our way home, family. Ashe. Affirm, I, I attend to those Africans most willing and able to be African. Affirm, I attend to those Africans most willing and able to be African. Brothers and sisters, the Inya Sassim of daily revolutionary thought. Yeah. I tell you. Great words. Yeah, Baba Baruti, I'll be seeing him this Saturday at Mama Rimba's presentation, I know. And Mama Inya and many others, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. I look forward to my brother, 
Brother Irv Lewis, brothers and sisters, my my co-host, and he's just gotten come back. Good good morning. Good morning, Robert OG. How are you? I am well, <laughs> man. I am doing well, man. What about you, brother? How you feeling, man? <laughs> man, I'm feeling unbelievable. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Oshi, um, after you go to Africa for the first time, uh, trying to just trying to uh, digest everything that you've seen and trying to understand um, what you're looking at is amazing. But I'm telling you something, the show, uh, time, um, African Perspectives, it gives you it gives you a little a little head start, you know, because if I had not listened to the show for as long as I've listened to the show and listened to you and been around people who have been to the continent, it would have overwhelmed me with what I saw. Because uh, uh, it's such a, it, it, it's eye opening, but you have to know what you're looking at. Right. Because right. we look at, looking at it through the lens of a, of a, of an Afropean, or someone who has been who has grown up in a with a level of comfortability that we don't even realize, but the comfortability is 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 is, is, is laden with with all the, the the pushback, the racism that's underlying here. You don't you may not see it when you're in that country because they're so um they're so poverty. It appears that they're poverty stricken. It appears that they're so poor. And over here, it appears that we have so much. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see any police officers pulling people over, shooting them because they reached for their wallet. Yeah, I didn't see anybody over there. With a, with a, with a, I grabbed the taser instead of my gun, and I shot you. So I'm going to go on with my life. But you dead. You yeah. dead. So your children won't have no daddy. Mm-hmm. You know. So mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't see any of that happening over there. I saw other things happening, but underlying with everyone that I talked to. They understood that they were oppressed. Those people understood that Arugu was running things and that he was going to keep running things as long as he could. Because mm-hmm. I talked to people. I, I, I actually spoke to the people. Uh, they spoke English in uh, in Gambia. Mm-hmm. They spoke English. They spoke they spoke French in Senegal. Right. But some people spoke, um, and they want to talk to you. They want to hear what you say and. A lot of us don't have no idea how to even talk to these people. But though she and per, anyone who spends the money to go to Africa, there's a reason you do that. It's not because you have no nothing else to do with your money, or you're just trying to impress somebody that you don't know. No, you're going there to reconnect with your ancestors, right. to actually walk on the ground and touch the walls that the that, that our ancestors who were enslaved touch. You know, because this the ground I walked on was was older than the the whole world. The oldest person was found there. So I'm, I'm walking on the same ground that Adam and Eve, if there wasn't Adam and Eve, walked on. The same ground that Noah walked on. The same ground that Isaac walked on. All these figures that these white people have put into your head, they apparently walked on the same ground that I just walked on. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. Oh, she, it was, it was, it was truly amazing. So, so oh, you left here, you, you, you left here. And uh, a couple of weeks ago now, and uh, you arrived in Dakar, Senegal. How was that experience flying into Dakar, looking all around, looking at the landscape and flying into, uh, I believe the airport, is the airport named after Sheikh Andre the Jop? I believe that it is. That's correct. Yeah. 
That is absolutely. Yep. I think that is correct. Yep. I'm, not, I'm not perfectly sure, yeah. but I think that is correct. But yeah. when I when I did get there, we we flew in, and the culture shock hits you immediately. Uh, uh, the women had to go to the bathroom, and they had to squat down to go to the bathroom in the airport. Mm. Now that's not something that you would do here. You'd have toilets right. and all that type of stuff. But they told me they didn't have toilets there. Mm-hmm. And then you immediately get the um, you start feeling that you're in a you're in a foreign country. I've been to a foreign country before, and immigration and airports they're they're, they're very stringent on that. This ain't this ain't a game. They're not they're not playing. They want to look through your stuff. Why are you here? What are you here for? How how long will you be here? That type of thing. So yeah, immediately that you know that you're not in America anymore. Right. And the airport, um, and then you start seeing dirt. You start seeing a lot of dirt. You're, you're like I mean, in the country, you're you're, you're you're traveling and you're seeing open open landscape just far as you can see. And then you start seeing the people. Mm-hmm. And they are poor. They are they are they're, they're walking in the dirt. They're living in shanties and um you know this this type village type living, and you're trying to get to the city part where it looks more like a city, but it's but just a city here and dirt here. So it was it was very poor. It was very poor. The hotels we stayed in were comparable. Uh, they weren't uh, like they did have American hotel. They had the Radisson. I saw the Radisson there. We didn't stay there. We stayed at black owned hotels. Okay. But um, it was, it was interesting. It was very interesting. And then the food choices uh, were different. Um, you know, more meat, fish and meat fit. And in French is they had to translate what we wanted, you know, and it was, it was, it was very interesting. And you, you got to watch what you eat because you can't, you can't digest the water. If they cut the fruit with the knife that they wash with the water, that the water that you can't drink. So there you go. Right, you can't eat the right, salad. Right, <laughs> right. You can have that because bacteria. The, you can have that bacteria yeah. get into you. And, and believe me, brother, I know. <laughs> <laughs> foolishly, <laughs> foolishly has happened to me a couple of times. And it ain't no joke. <laughs> Yeah, so you're right. So, you got to be. You got to be careful. You got to think the whole time, especially mm-hmm. with the ice and yep. um, they get beer there because it's um it's bottled, right? And um, it, it's interesting. It was interesting. Um, and then um, once we got there, I got there on the thirtieth, and then we started um we started the next day. We were off to um, uh, Gory Island. We went okay. to Gory Island and. Uh, got to the uh, dungeons and mm-hmm. we saw um, numerous long, things. Uh, from I, where I, you I, were, from where you, how ahead. long was the trip to Gory Island? That was a that was a, a pretty good little ways. It was about yeah. uh, I'm not I can't remember exactly how long it was, but mm-hmm. it was a good little ways on the bus. And then I think we had to get on a we got on a ferry, right. got some a ferry. type of ferry right. to go there. Right. And then when we got when we got there, uh, there was a a, a brother there. And he was uh, a brother, a Baba, actually, because he was very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. And he gave us, told us all about how this worked. And um, very, very knowledge. I mean, just he knew where the women stayed in, in this in this particular place and where the men stayed. They separated, mm-hmm. separated the children. And then, of course, they raped the women because for some reason these white men have an obsession with 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 virgins they have this some obsession this oppressor has with that and he raped the women and he took the, the pregnant women would stay at a, another place and and then we saw the door of no return 
Okay. And that step, I stepped back a, bit, a minute from that because you could see the ocean. Right. You know, there was no door there. It was just a big opening, and you could see the ocean. And that way was the way to America. Mm-hmm. That's why they left that way, and it was. It, it was it was emotional for me, man, and 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 it just it just took me back when I just stopped and just looked at it, because this was the last thing these people saw before they went into right. a life until they were worked to death, basically. Right. They were worked till they died, and then their children were worked till they died, and then their children's children right. were worked till they died. This didn't just happen one generation. This was several generations. Oh, many generations. These Talk white about. people. Oh, over well over 200 years, well over 200 years of of physical captivity of just, you know, like if you were an animal. So that's that's just too deep, brother. Yes. And and that's just not here in America. That's in the Caribbean. That's in uh, South America, particularly in Brazil and so forth. Venezuela, you know, well, you know, they got rid of the Africans in Venezuela. No, excuse me, not Venezuela, in Argentina. In Argentina. Argentina. Yeah, they got rid of the Africans in Argentina. They killed them or or, or uh, uh, borne them out, you know, by by making sure that uh, that Africans got lighter and lighter through, you know, miscegenation. Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, this, this, this history, man, is deep, man, in terms of what this European has done and the things that he continues to do. Uh, I know that uh, the French, uh, they have colonized Senegal and there's issues there because the French are all over, particularly in uh, West Africa. A lot of uh, countries still are dealing with French, the French. And in fact, if it wasn't for Africa, the shithole country that... uh, Trump talked about France would definitely be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, they would have nothing. <laughs> they rely totally. They they really do. Their resources. They have no resources. Europeans that have no. They 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 invade other countries under the disguise of friendship or Christianity or whatever, and then control it and, and take your resources and and put people in government if not themselves, put people in government that look like them. You know. To do their bidding, it's it's pathetic. Yeah. No, that's absolutely correct. And the the brother Abdul, who was our tour guide from Senegal, he explained to us. He, he it was no question that you could ask him that he did not have an answer for. And he um, and he told us that most of our the the, the, the gross national product or anything that we produce, a portion of it goes to France. A, por- a portion of it goes to them, period. Mm-hmm. So they're still raping this country. No matter what they get, they have to pay them um, some of that. And they, are, they wouldn't they wouldn't let them have a military for a very long time. They couldn't have a military. They couldn't have, they can't, they don't have an air, <clears throat> excuse me, they don't have an air force. Right. They don't have an air force. And, and, and I'm saying, and, and, and the first thing, and, I, and it's, it's something that, that, that they said here and our, Back in the 60s, uh, the, the revolutionary parties, such as the, the Panthers, they said, we got to protect ourselves. If you want freedom, you have to protect freedom. The first thing this country did was, was have a military, a, a, a strong military, a fearful military. And, and as soon as black people understand it, 
we have to have a military to protect our freedom. If we if we want to have freedom and sustain it, it we're just we're just if someone's just going to come and take it, and that's what happened in Africa. Once they took it physically, then they took it mentally. But um, going to these places, Oshie, I'm telling you, there's something, there's something that you feel. Uh, you don't even have to close your eyes to feel it. You you you, you feel it. You feel the, the the dungeons. You feel. I actually went to the Kuta Kente um, Island also, and that was interesting to see these people that were his rel- supposedly his relatives. And that island was so old, and the people lived there. I mean, these these people got goats. I mean, the animals you saw were goats and uh, cows, um, horses, donkeys, walking around all everywhere. I mean, the goats were coming into the house. I actually went into someone's home there, a couple of people's homes there, and met the people. The one guy wanted me to come to the home because these people want sponsors from the state. Right. You know, they 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 want sponsors. They they they're very friendly because they want you to sponsor them, not necessarily to come over here, but to help them with everything that they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to two schools, Oshi, and I have pictures of the school. The schools were so dirty. We went to a. a a, a kindergarten school and then a grade school and they were so dirty and the computers were so old and it was just dark and yeah it was yeah. sad i mean we, of course we yeah. get the money uh, but but that that was just I know. what we did but the thing was these children were dying for education they don't but the education that they i'm looking at the, the charts on the wall and a big old chart of the body but it was a white guy's chart of the body you know and i'm like yeah. come on you're teaching them yeah. You're teaching them their own their enslavement. You're teaching them the oppressor's education. And these these children are speaking English. Uh, when I was in uh, Gambia, and I'm like, but they've never been to England. You are like the Americans. Why are they teaching these children? Why aren't they learning their native language? Because this is the first step, or one of the first steps of their indoctrination into their their own enslavement. Right. Because once the language. Yeah, and that's and it's slow. They slow walk you into this. This is this isn't. Nobody comes out and says a big white man is going to come get you. But what they do is they slow walk you into where you are, and it takes a couple of generations. We didn't get here overnight, Oshi. This was done slowly, and that's what hap- happens over there. But these people are so proud. I think I told you this before. They are very proud people. I have photographs of the people just walking on these dirt roads in this uh, kente cloth. These, this kente cloth outfits that they wear with the head wraps and the, the, the things on top of their heads that they carry, the most, some of the women. But in the men, they're dressed in their native clothing. The, the, some of them have on European clothing, but most of them wear African clothing. Okay. okay. And that was something that, that, mm-hmm. I, that I really adored. Because, Oshi, I, I wear, a, you know, I put on a dashiki. They think I'm going to a 70s party here in, in the States. Come on now. <laughs> But they wear this every day here. Yeah, every yeah. day in Africa, they wear they, these women. Well, a lot of the, and then you see a lot of, a lot of the Muslim countries. You know, they wear the calabia that that long. Uh, you know, uh, it's like looks all goes almost comes all the way down to his ankle, but he has pants underneath. You know, and right? They, they, they wear that a lot. It's very comfortable. Um, I had uh, wore when I was in uh, Kemet. Many about ten or fifteen years ago, I can't remember exactly when now, but I definitely want to go to Kemet, man. 
You know, it's, it's oh, we're going together. Yeah, let's do it. We're going together. We're going to do it, man. Yeah, want to go to Kemet? If I say it, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, let's do it, man. No, we're going to Kim. We're going. Yeah, I we're going to Kim. Probably with but, brother Crazy. Yeah, Crazy. He, he does a oh, trip. Oh yeah, to yeah. Ashwa Crazy, hey, man. Sure. Yeah, because his his yeah, tour. Ashwa Crazy. Yeah, his tour is very educational, very informational. Yeah. So anyway, you know, yeah, uh, the, you know, the clothing uh, of, of our brothers and sisters. You know, some of them, yes, they wear some European clothing, but most of them will still, you know, the the the. the to me, my feeling of where I visited, they still want to be who we are. They still want to be right. African, you know, but it's difficult, right. you know, especially when you're not in control of your country, you're not in control of your resources, you know, uh, yeah. you're being dictated to and so forth. Uh, the uh, children, you know, what they're experiencing and many of the younger adults, I mean, young children, young, uh, uh, young people. They want to go. They want to get out. They want to. They 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 see yeah. on television. They see on on their computers, on their phones. They see Europe. They see America, particular, and they want they want to go. They want to get out. And what's unfortunate is that where they are is the best place for them to be. To yeah. if, if if there was a good educational system that would prepare them to run their you know their country to run their lives, to control the mineral wealth in, in their country, to, to control the government of their country, to, to provide the services for the elders, for, uh, um, for the families, you know. I mean, it's, it's all right there. You know, everybody, all these other folks want a piece of it. The Chinese, the Indians, you know, the Europeans, the Arabs, they all want Africa, yeah. but Africans. Yeah. Right. Right. No, you're absolutely correct. We we had a a second tour guide who came on and he told us about the dictator who was running Gambia before they brought in this so-called democracy uh, with this guy, the guy that's in now who was uh, <clears throat> put there by the corporations. Mm-hmm. But the dictator, uh, everything was cheaper. Uh, he Everything was African. He was changing the names. Back to African names, right all on. the things that the uh, yeah, and yeah. but but of course, of course they had to the corporations had to get rid of him because he was trying to push all the the white people out. But the word dictator is is a scary word sure to is. um yes it is a, to, 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 to yeah because mm-hmm. a good dictator is a beautiful yeah. thing yeah but well, a bad dictator right in fact that's what I always like to say you know, but you need is a, a benevolent dictator now they call Muammar Gaddafi a dictator but he would fall under that benevolent dictator because why look at what he did for Libya look at what he was going to do for Africa he was was going to create that gold denier that gold coin and so forth that was going to be a game changer globally if you wanted something out of Africa you didn't use petrodollars you didn't use the United States currency. That's why they had to kill him. There was a serious uh, disinformation campaign about him. Everybody thought that Muammar Gaddafi was one of the most evil people, you know, and how they portrayed him. But it was just only to help justify killing him, you know, and and, and destroy mm-hmm. Libya. Because the people of Libya loved him. They loved him. 
and, and you no, know, of course they loved him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in order to kill an individual, you have to create an environment of death. You have to create the way they did um, um, uh, Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. They didn't just jump up and kill Malcolm X. First, they made him appear to be going against uh, the messenger. Mm-hmm. And once they got that established, then it was okay to kill him yeah. because he was bad. And then they connected Muammar Gaddafi to the downing of that plane. Right. So he's a bad guy. So it's okay to kill him, just like uh, um, the the boy with the weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. They never found mass. They no, never found no. weapons of mass destruction. No, they never but found. They, but, it. He, but they still. Yeah, because they never. They weren't there. Mm-hmm. But it was they all a lie. Him, it was all they, a lie. Yes, and yeah, then, so they they, they killed uh, 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 Saddam Hussein, and they killed whoever they just like Osama bin Laden. They didn't have nothing to do with. With 9-11. 9-11 was an inside job. The United States, yeah, I, damn it, I said it. I'll say it again. I'll give it damn. 9-11 <laughs> was an inside job. It's plain and simple. Yeah. You know. So but so but that's what they do though. You know, they have the disinformation campaigns that they want to get rid of somebody, you know, that put that out there, and then once that person is eliminated, everybody feels Calm, yeah, we justify because he was a terrible person. He was an evil ruler, evil dictator. You know, they do this all the time. You know, they do it all the time. Yeah. No, no, you're absolutely correct. And you, and when you look in, um, when you said that, it made me think of what I saw as we rode. I, I took pictures everywhere. When I have over a thousand photographs, wow, I took pictures and I. I do. I took about a thousand. I was going to take more than that, but because um, I'm a photographer, I went to school for photography, so that's that's something that I do. But I, I was seeing. I saw two or three Kentucky Fried Chickens. No McDonald's. No supermarkets. Everything was a, was was markets. It had market a marketplace here, a marketplace there, which was basically a bunch of vendors selling fruits and vegetables and. Okay. In some okay. places, irons and toasters and, oh, and bicycles okay. and tires. And, mm-hmm. and I saw a bunch of live chickens. I saw I mean, it, it, goats. It was interesting. Anything. And they are, they, I went into the guy's house on Kunta Kente Island. And the, his, I met his daughter. His daughter is about as tall as I am. I'm six foot two. She was tall as me. And she was very nice. I spoke with her. And what was she doing in that house? In that shack that they lived in, it was a compound of shacks together. She was watching television. She had they had they had satellite. See the the way the, the way Rugu gets to you is not through a book. He gets to you through that television and through that music. So what did they want? What did the young guys want from me? They wanted my tennis shoes <laughs> because the television tells that they want. I'm not lying. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted my tennis shoes. Of all the things, because the television tells you what to like, what to wear, what how to think, and 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 but yet in that country, it's hard for 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 people who identify themselves as white to take hold of their mind, even though a lot of their minds are are, are colonized and most of them are colonized, but but they keep their culture. They they hold on to their culture because they still are, they're living in poverty. Mm-hmm. It's, it's easy. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's easy, but it's not as hard for us 
to let go of any type of culture that we have, which we have no culture. We are cultureless people here mm-hmm. because we, 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 we're running around here talking about we're Americans and we're Christians and we're uh, Methodists, um, and we're all this, and you have no idea where you're from. If you don't know where you're from, then anybody can give you, can tell you who you are. And if you want to really know the truth, read John, uh, Dr. John Henry uh, Clark. He'll let you know. He'll tell you that if you have no culture, someone will give you one. Don't worry about it. Yeah. We'll tell you exactly who we yeah. need you to be. And, you, and, and you'll and you be that Afropean. I'm, I went into a home in um, was it Senegal. And uh, the, 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 the guy who was a tour guide, Abdul, he uh, let us go to his sister's house. And his sister had fixed a meal for us. And the ones that stayed, the rest of them went back to the hotel. It was about six of us that stayed. We ate out of a with our hands out of a one out of a bowl, two bowls, mm-hmm. three bowls, one with chicken and two bowls of jollof rice it was called. Ah, I love jollof These are traditional rice, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. These were yeah. traditional and you they wash your hands and we wash our hands. He came around and washed everybody's hands with soap. With some little powdered soap, and you wash it, and you rinse them off, and you dry your hands, and then we stuck our hands in the bowl, squeezed the, squeeze it, and then ate it, yeah. and then did it again. Yes, and yes. Oh, she. I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going to sit here, and because I know people are listening. It was hard for me to do that. I mean, hard like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. real hard. Sure. I mean, <laughs> sure. I mean, real. I mean, I said, my, I'm like, in this place where I can't drink the water. Oh, she. Right. I can't eat an ice cube. Come on now, and I'm gonna stick my hand in a bowl with you cats, and I just saw some goats walking around out here. You know, but I did it, and my ancestors protected me. Sure. Uh, I didn't get sick. I didn't get Ebola. I didn't none of that, and and it was good because I was hungry. I've been hungry yeah. the whole time I was there because I didn't eat much. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I ate, but I didn't eat much mm-hmm. because I was just trying to understand the food. But I, I ate that out that bowl, and Abdul did it. We all ate it, and I took pictures. Of course, I did. And the chicken was great, and the food was good. Yeah. Yes. But it was, it was very – you don't know how Americanized, how colonized you are until you go somewhere, somewhere where you look around and say – this is my culture. I, I, I've never been here before. I don't. I look like you people because I'm telling you, Oshi, these people in Africa look just like the black people here. I of am they not are, the same people. I, They're the same people. I, when you go to Africa, you be like, damn, that's James. That's James Williams. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I said, is that I said, yo, Pookie. Yeah, me like I was crazy. I thought they were these people look like regular. Black. We we have yes. to be African because we Cause we look just like these folks. Yes. I said, go to the heck! Mm. It was amazing how mm. they and the children are oblivious. The children are oblivious. They are having a ball. They're yeah. being children. Right. And they're having fun. No street lights. It's yeah. dark. When we come in, we was driving back. Mm-hmm. It was really dark. But then you had some lights, you know, and they had no problem with walking down the road at night. Mm-hmm. They, ain't, they ain't scared of nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a dirt road, in a comp, they live in like compounds. And in other words, here, when your child gets 18, you put them out and you think you're doing the child a favor. There, when the child gets 18, they stay there. They live 
with their, there's no nursing homes there. Right. You know, I didn't see right. a nursing home. Right. There is so, none. <laughs> they don't throw out grandma and grandpa. You know, it's all no, intergenerational. No. It's all intergenerational. No, he, yeah. Here, I ain't got time to be watching you, grandma, granddaddy. Yeah. No, they don't do that there. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 interesting. I bought you I bought you something back too. Oh, see some jewelry, a piece of a piece of Gambian jewelry. I bought Is back that right? for you. Well, so thank you, you so much, dear. Well, friend. not that you need yeah, it. I mean, but I just bought <laughs> something. I bought I bought brother Jay something back, and I bought uh, the other brother that calls the communication brother. I bought oh, him yeah, something brother, back. Yeah, brother Rick. You know, I, I wanted yeah. the whole the whole crew. Brother yeah. Ralph, I bought quite cool something. I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I thought about everybody while I was there. I could at least get them something to show my appreciation for just them listening to the show and commenting and letting me know that there are people out here of like mind, Oshie. Yeah. Because that's what's important. I'm telling you, you can be as black as you want to be, but when you all, when you feel by yourself, because I learned when I went to Africa that what what's important in life is not how many cars or how much money you made or, or, or what you did. What's important in life, even with the, I hear this in the Christian religion, it's the relationships. Mm-hmm. The first thing they say in, 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 in Christians, what's your relationship with, with Jesus? Well, that's a personal relationship. I don't have to tell you that. That's not public. And you told me to say that, yeah. Christian. So, but the point is, the point I'm making is, in life, relationships are what's important. I made relationships when I went to Africa. Sure. I talked to people. They have my sure. number. Sure. I wasn't just there to be the tourist guy to, to buy some of this stuff and see y'all later. I holler at you when y'all build your amusement park. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That's not that. I said. I said I'm seriously considering moving here, and I'm not going to live in the dirt. I'm going to live where I live because I, I, mean, I met some people there, the Bag family. They're there. They moved there, and they have a farm. I'm not a farmer, mm-hmm. but I want to live in Africa. And you don't have to be a farmer to live in Africa. You don't have to be. You can live there. There's land. There's waterfront property. It's, in Senegal, they've got nothing but cranes there. They're building all along the coast. They're building. Mm-hmm. They're preparing because their biggest thing is tourism, right on. farming and tourism. That's what they and they got the, the they got the, the uh, coastline. The weather is beautiful. It, it is, it's just amazing how nice it was. I'm I'm like I'm black as the night. I'm looking like Wesley Snipes up in here. <laughs> all the dark as I got. I'm, I'm one of them Albie Shore brothers, man. I ain't yeah. trying to get all darked up, <laughs> but it was beautiful, man. I'm telling you, it was beautiful. I I enjoyed it. It was it was. Experience, going to the museums, I went to a, a crocodile museum, mm. which talked about the dictators that they had before. Yeah, it was called a crocodile museum, not the name of it, but it was actual crocodiles there, and we took pictures with them and all this type mm. of stuff. And it was interesting. It was very interesting, especially the museums that showed us, um, they gave us a history of how uh, Gambia was, is a peaceful country. They're very peaceful. They didn't even, the, the, the guy that was running, it didn't even want an army because he said, we're peaceful. We're not trying to, and then here, when, when Europeans hear that you're peaceful, yeah, they, they all they hear you. is you can be, yep. you can be you, conquered. Yep, you That's can be colonized. You can be conquered. Mm-hmm. What, what did Goliath uh, say when he came to the United States? They're such a peaceful people. Yeah. And, and they have so much gold. I wonder where the rest of it is. I wonder, <laughs> <laughs> 
Rotten son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so anyway, it was it was just Oshie. I'm telling you, it was it was it, the interesting part for me of the trip was not just being in Africa because I couldn't, I really couldn't. It was so surreal to be there mm-hmm. when I got there. I, I say I'm actually in Africa. I flew nine hours to get here. The people that I was with, I was with a, a PhD, a couple of doctors, school teachers. These people were, mm-hmm. were to me, they were highly educated, and they, they, they pretty much knew what they were looking at, but they looked at things. They'd been to different countries in Africa. So they said some very interesting things. Okay. And it was, um, it, yeah, it was, it was good to listen to the, what they thought about where they were, because I, I, I was overwhelmed, Oshie, I'm telling you. I was overwhelmed. I, I see. I have my camera to put in my face so that you can't see my face because I'm taking pictures. But behind that camera, I am just in awe of these people. I have a picture. I have a picture. We took a ferry when we went over to the island, Goy Island. And we, we took a ferry. The whole bus got up on. They rode the whole bus onto the ferry. Okay. And then all the people got on, and then the ferry goes over. And. This, I don't know if you've ever seen them Nicolas Cage movies where all these people on this ferry all up on each other, just a ton of folk. I'm going to show you the picture. I'm going to send it to you. Okay. It's just, it's just it's packed wow. on there with, that's, that's with kinda, ducks and, and yeah. <laughs> It's everything. You name it. It was interesting, man. It was a very interesting ship. I actually bought some art, uh, too. I, we met a brother that was that, that drew because Abdul's nephew was an artist, and he drew uh he drew a T-shirt. He did a T-shirt with my name on it. it says Senegal, and plus, it was a scene. It was it's it was just so much, man. It was it was interesting, Oshie. You would um, I know, man. I you would have had a great time. Oh, I no believe doubt. you would have had a oh, great yeah. time. No I know doubt. we're coming up on a, we're coming up on a break, Oshie. Yes, are we? we are. We sure are. Yes, yeah. we are. And so we're gonna we'll take sure. that break. And when we come back from the break, we're gonna open up the phone lines of a few people who are out there, and of course, yeah. uh, hit star twice and. Uh, a lot of things that are happening, so I want them to engage in conversation with you and uh, yeah. tell them about all the your multiple experiences in in Senegal and in Gambia, you know. And uh, yeah. man, I'm so proud and I'm so happy for you. And all right, we're going to take you. this break, brothers and sisters. You're Let's listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on TimeForAnAwakening.com and Black Talk. RadioNetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at Time for an Awakening at gmail.com.
Can't nobody do it like us now I'm loving my 
Time for an awakening media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Guest today is my co-host, brother Irv Lewis, who just returned from Senegal and Gambia. The phone lines are open. But right now I'm going to go to Mama Nabantu because uh, she sent me a good piece on the Universal Improvement Association of Marcus Garvey. They're having a conference here in, in the ATL, the um, High Executive Council here in Atlanta, today till the 15th. Today is a meet and greet. Uh, tomorrow... And a few days, it is the executive meeting. Mama Nabantu, are you there? I uh, am here, uh, yes. All right, thank you for the information. And the mass meeting is uh, tomorrow evening from 7 to 10. That's going to be at the Griot um, over on Dragon Street here in the, in the uh, I still call it the West End area, but it's right off of, um, uh, off of Abernathy in that area. You know, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where it's yeah. going. That's where it's going the, to be. And if you want, pre- I'm sorry, Mama Debanto. Go ahead, dear. Go ahead. No, I'll let you finish. No, I was just going to say if you want uh, more information, but I'll give you that phone number after our discussion. Go ahead. Okay. No, I, I received it from because um, I am a member of UNIA, and this is a, a special um, meeting where the the president of the national UNIA uh, is coming here from New York. And so uh, a lot of different people from different UNIA chapters will be uh, at this event for these uh, four days. Okay. So I'm going get, I won't be able to make them all because I want to get to the black dot also. Right on Saturday. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot going on as yeah. usual in Metro Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is uh, <laughs> this evening, this evening at uh, from six to ten, which is the meet and greet, which is uh, you get a chance to meet some of the brothers and sisters locally and some of the people who came here nationally from across the country to to uh, their their uh, con- conference of the United right. Negro Improvement Association and African American League. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that's, and then the mass meeting is tomorrow from 7 to 10. And also it's mm-hmm. going to be at the Grio, which is uh, three, uh, 337 Dragon Place here in Atlanta. Some of the members are meeting from 8 to 5 every day as well. Okay. I don't know if you can see that on. Yeah. At least the one. Yeah. Yeah. You see it. Right. The mass. The, the meetings at 8, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, Friday. There's a mass meeting in the evening tomorrow, but they're still having meetings uh, from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That's, right. Right. Um, the Universal mm-hmm. 
Negro Improvement Association of Marcus Garvey. Yeah, some good brothers and sisters here that I've met over the years. You know, Brother Brother Roz Kofi. Yes, sir. And many Roz others. Marvin. Roz Marvin. Yes, Mar- yes, Roz Marvin. Good brother. Right, and uh, he stepped down and Brother John, uh, I think it's Yobo. Mm-hmm. Yobo, I think he's now taking, he's a young brother that's taking his uh Right, right. Like, yeah, he was mm-hmm. at he was at our Kwanzaa over in the, at the beloved community church. Yeah, he's at our right. Kwanzaa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to step through there, definitely. I'm going I'm to okay. definitely come through there. So, all right, Mama Nubantu, thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, dear. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Brother Irv? Well, hold on. Yes, yes, Mama okay. Nubantu, you got any questions for Brother Irv? He's coming back from Senegal. I think she left. Oh, she, oh. I think she hung up. Okay. Still here. No, she's still there. You got any oh, questions? Oh, how are you, my sister? I, I'm not still young. How are you, my sister? I'm still here. <laughs> You're still here. That's uh, a good thing. <laughs> Stay here with us. <laughs> uh, was this your first time going to the concert? Yes, ma'am. It was. I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> the enthusiasm, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I think every opportunity they should definitely go. Um, there's a lot of things that, you know, I was on the campaign for, I mean, I helped with the campaign for uh, Sister Marie uh, Sox, who was running for president. Um, and uh, they didn't really allow her to run because she still had her citizenship here in the United States. And they were slow putting about going through the paperwork so she could, um, she had to be a uh, citizen of Gambia and not a dual citizenship. Okay. And they, oh, wow. they, were, they were very slow in the process, and then the deadline came, and they said, well, because of COVID, uh, we didn't have enough people in the office, you know, but it was politics. We all know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. She was the first one mm-hmm. to ever, ever run for the president of the Gambia, and uh, she was wow. about the people, definitely about the people. And uh, there were so many things and videos showed us about, you know, how the, I think I mentioned it when I, you were on before when you first got back about the situation in maternity uh, areas where uh, there's no place for the women to even lay down once they have a baby. Um, I saw pictures of, of um, a little clinic and there was two or three beds in the room and four mothers with babies in their laps sitting on it. They wow. couldn't lay down. That was the only place they could be until um, they were able to go home and then they had to have a bucket for the, uh, the oh God, what is it called? The afterbirth. Uh, hmm, say that again. Afterbirth. Yeah, after, yeah, afterbirth. Mm-hmm. They had to take that with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, wow. You know, and, and I think that what is so disgusting about this whole situation is why uh, the Pan-African Federalist Movement must be taken into account and must be implemented. Because if we are one people, wherever there is a serious need, we can mobilize and bring resources to that area and bring it up to a standard, a human standard. I ain't talking about Western 
build, I'm talking about a human standard. We, at a, there should be beds at a hospital. There should be all kinds of things at a hospital that they can provide whatever is necessary for your, right. you know, for for your healing from a from a childbirth to a serious operation to whatever. And that's and that's just a standard that should be all throughout the continent, you know. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go go ahead, Er. I was when she said when the, the sister was speaking about that. I, I, when I was in the country, I was thinking about the waste that we do here, the things that we just waste. I, you know, you go to a Golden Corral or something to that effect, and you get a plate of food, and you eat two bites, and you throw the rest of it away, and you you, you got thirty four pairs of shoes and eighteen the shirts to match the shoes that you don't wear and you got a whole a storage bin full of yeah. stuff in there that you pay $30 I mean $200 a month to keep that you don't use or look at or don't even know what's in there and over there those people don't have uh, the fire department doesn't even have uh, air masks uh, oxygen they're going without oxygen the, the schools don't have things to teach the children in the, it's, it's just amazing how we if my brother is sick, then I should be sick. Yeah. But I don't think he's my brother. If I'm disconnected from him, then I don't. Whatever happens to him happens to him. Got nothing to do with me. But if they come for him tonight, they're coming for me in the morning. These may sound like cliches, but it's really true. They don't look at us, and they don't look at you any different than they look at the black, the the, the Africans, or whatever you want to call them over there, because we all look just alike. And you know, with this capitalism. It, it blurs the line. It truly does. You, 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 your things are more important than your relationships, and your and, and, and things are more important than people. My sister, it, it's it's amazing, you know. And we talk about how much we love. I'll go to church, and you know, I love the Lord, Lord, love the Lord Jesus. And, and wow. And we clean, and we have to well. But we, but we ain't changing nothing. You're the same. You're the same person coming out the church that you were when you went in the church. And I'm not saying there's something wrong with the church. I'm just trying to understand the the, the, the organized religion that they brought us. We're still living with that. Which yeah. I want to give the Bibles back, and they give us the land back. How about that? Yeah, you can have them all. And I and I'm still I still know who I am. But they're not giving it back no. because. They they took it, and and like the lady said, freedom's not free. Something has to be sacrificed, and it's your comfortability. Because the level of comfortability that I saw over there, that I felt, I was uncomfortable. I wasn't scared. I was uncomfortable. I was out of my comfort zone, my sister. I mean, I, when I get up and want to go get something neat, I get up and go get something neat. You don't get up and go get something neat there. It doesn't work mm-hmm. like that. It's interest, it was very interesting, uh, the, the whole culture shock that hit me. But, you know, it's easy to be a, a radio revolutionary. You know, that, that, that TV African. <laughs> yes, Come on is. now. You know, all power to the people. You know, talking all this, your lips can go 100 miles an hour. But how fast does your hand go? How fast does your pocket move? How fast do you move when you have to give something up, my sister? I mean, actually give something up. Make the sacrifice. Are you willing to do that? Mm-hmm. Because according to the Christian religion, Jesus gave sacrifice for you. Are you going to do what Jesus did? See, that's the problem. 
that's the problem. Jesus is a revolutionary, and that's that's a big problem. And uh, all over the continent, you know, I've been to South Africa and East Africa and West Africa, and you see the same thing everywhere, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you, that's you know, Yep. I was in Kenya where uh, I was with a family and this huge, huge uh, plate. Uh, it wasn't a plate, but it had food all over it. We had to sit on the floor and with our hands to eat the food. You know, they do that all over the country. It's mm-hmm. just a common thing that they do. And it's something that, you you know, is strange to us. But um, it's, what, it's part of their culture. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if you heard the beginning of the, of the show, my sister, but I, I I did express that I did go to a family and I did eat on the floor with my hands out of one bowl, and right. it was hard. It was very very hard. My sister, I did it. Don't get. I did it, but it was. <laughs> what you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, brother. We have a lot of folks who want to get in on this conversation. And uh, find out from you what your experience was like. Mama Nabantu, just hang on with us, okay? Appreciate you, dear. All right. Thank you, my sister. Okay. 602, 602. Good afternoon. Yes, brother. Hey, hey, brother Marcus. How you doing? Brother Marcus. (laughs) Yes, indeed, good brother. Yes, indeed, it's the sister on the line, you know? Um, Yes. No, I just want to say this here, um, and I will continue to say it. Uh, probably people get mad or whatever, but I don't care. But I think the African here in the West, this African here in this part of the world, this de-tribalized African has a pivotal part to play in the redemption of Africa. Ashe, I because agree. Because yes. experience living here in the West with this man. See, on the continent and in, like, where I'm from, Jamaica, we don't have white people over us dictating to us directly. We have their flunkies. We have black Faces, you know, doing yes. the bidding of the white man. So when right. you come and tell them about the white man, they look at you like, what the hell are you talking about? This white man here is good because remember now, now, when the white man comes to Africa, he comes as a tourist, or he comes, uh, you know, Jamaica, he comes as a tourist, comes bearing gifts, you know, oh, I got a little come trinkets for you and stuff like that. While in the background, he's the one actually pulling the strings. You see, he has his puppets working. <laughs> so you have yeah. you see the puppet out front doing the thing. And you, you see the white man coming in and he enjoyed it. You say, oh, this white man here is good. You know, it's this black one here giving me the problem. It's him. <laughs> the flunk is the puppet master is in the back pulling the string. You see? So... That is where this African here in the West can make that change in Africa. You see? Because the, the African and the continent, probably the people in South Africa, they have a little bit more, uh, probably a little bit more tune, you know, South Africa and Namibia, because they just came out of colonization in the 90s. 
But the ones in the West Africa and stuff like that, they don't have a clue because they've been far from freedom. From the, they had freedom from the 60s, you see what I'm saying? So they have a different, you know, uh, um, they don't know nothing about black, white, this, unless what we bring to them, you know? So again, right. it is the Africans here in the West, is they are the glue they are the glue. That's why the white man said, look, don't be, tell them about no Africa. Let them stay here. You know what I'm saying? Get them their 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 future is here. Here. Keep them looking here, not to Africa. You see? You see? So that's, that's the difference. But we must get involved if for the redemption of Africa because we have a different psychological makeup than the African and the continent. We have been exposed to this white man here in the West. We know him. We know how we operate. You see? Mm-hmm. So we have to, 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 to get involved. I'm glad to see the brother made it to the continent. Yes. You know, and, yeah. um, you know, uh, look, this 2023, I think black people moving in a direction where we say, you know what, we're talking about economics now. We're talking about, we have to take over the economic, we have to take over the economy of Africa. So much wealth coming out of Africa. Right there where he went to the Gambia, they produce so many cashews, cashew nuts. Yes. yes. One industry we could take over overnight. Yes. And that would imply black people, millions of black people here in America, if we could just take over that, in, just take it away from them Indians and them Arabs. Just break their neck and take it. Simple. Because we have it. The farmers are Africans. The farmers are Africans. Yeah. So we put up a processing plant in there where you could buy the plant from India. You could buy a processing plant from India. Put it there. Process them cashews, and we have a whole industry that they for ourselves. Export it to America, exactly. create jobs and employment for our people. We need to yeah. stop the foolishness now. It's time. It's time, you know, because everybody is moving ahead, you know. And, you know, anyway, let me stop because I'm getting upset. Anyway, you take care. Good <laughs> My brother, I'm All Thank right. you, brother Marcus. All right, brother Marcus. Uh, brother Oshie. Yeah. Very, very quickly, I know you have other calls. Really quickly, Brother Marcus said something that was so simplistic. He said that they don't want you to think about Africa. They don't want you to go to Africa. And if you think about it, have you ever seen a commercial that says, come to the Gambia, come to Senegal? We're waiting for you. Come on, get on the love boat. Come to Senegal. Come to Gambia. They never see nothing about Africa on television. Every other country, Norway, Sweden, Italy, France, Eiffel Tower, who can give a damn about Eiffel Tower? Everything, but you never see them say, come to Africa. And that's you coming to Sun City back in the day right. in South Africa right. and with the apartheid. Right. But they don't want you to have a connection. And me, by me just putting my money together, and go, I could have took that money I used to go there and did a whole lot of things, Oshi. Mm. But I wanted to go to Africa. I wanted to connect. Let's get another call on OC if we have any more before we wrap it up. 334-334, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Brother Oshie. You know, I am just hearing the excitement in this brother's voice regarding his trip. That, you know, I've only dreamt of it. I've heard people talk about it. 
And I think maybe it may be high time for me it to is. put my pennies together. Yes, and, it is. And, uh, and, <laughs> and try to get my, my act together on, on taking a trip like that. Um, you know, when you were talking about uh, your your dining experience in the the, the family's home um, and, and saying that it was a culture shock for you, and, and I'm just kind of imagining for myself, um, what would it be like for me, right? Because I have been so indoctrinated with the kinds of type of experiences here in the West, to be over there, I would probably be just like you. And and so, but eventually it would have to start to wane itself off and right. get to become a part of that experience. And so thank you so very much, brother, for sharing and, and your energies. I'm definitely feeling it on this side of the, the phone. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. Thank you, brother Ted. Ted. <laughs> brother Ted, love. appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yes. Hey, brother Paul. How you doing, brother Paul? Bobochi. Yes, sir. Oh, brother Paul. <laughs> Oh my God, man! The, 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 let, let me before before I greet my big brother Herb, I, I must have said, "Brother Marcus made my day, man." Brother Marcus said, "Yes, he did." Brother Marcus said, "Just just go down there and brought them neck." Now I don't know if you understood what I just said there, mm-hmm. but truly it did make me laugh because usually Brother Marcus is so calm and collected, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was really fun. But you know, brother, uh, you know, uh, yeah. congratulations yeah. to you. You know, it's um, it's a big, it's a massive, it's a massive step you've taken, and it's um, something that uh, that that it's uh, it should be like a pil- pilgrimage for all of us, and um, it's yeah. very interesting. Um, how it's how, how how you're describing your um, experience? It's very honest, you know, and it's 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 nice to hear that type of honesty. You know, you're not you're not um, sugarcoating it. You're just saying it as it is, and um, because it 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 sends home the rawality of our predicament. And uh, I, you know, it, I I you know, it's just it's. We've got to do a lot of work. I, I, I was interested in what you said, your observations about the school. I was, you know, that really. Um... Hello, brother Paul. You still with us, brother Paul? I think he fell off. <clears throat> yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's he's in England, man. Come on, he's a, he's a good ways away. Yes, he is. But no, he was talking. He said something about what is my observation about the school. He was interested in that, and he's. He's absolutely, I think what he was I think what he may have been going towards was maybe the fact that they were teaching these children they were colonizing them in the sure. schools right. they would teach they, they had the chart of a, of a white person that they used uh and there should be nothing other than their own native people in that school to teach those children that foundation mm-hmm. of who they are as they teach them yes. uh, everything they need to know to get along and get, get through life but they're they're colonizing them without even knowing it. Even mm-hmm. with the, just the fact that they're speaking. In, go there, he is. Go ahead, Paul. What about the school? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That 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 was uh, part of it. Um, and you know, Baba, uh, I, I love what you said about the observation. Your your observation is very important because it it removes you from the the mere fact that you're observing that and you made that observation removes you from just being a tourist because you it, it means that you are really taking an interest in the people. Too often, 
uh, when uh, our people who leave to the West go to Africa, you know, they are tourists and they, they behave like tourists. They don't really, ob- and if they, maybe there is a bit of embarrassment, maybe there's a bit of um, whatever they feel, but they don't really honestly tell you the truth. And I, I, like I say again, I, I, I really respect your observation of the school. You know, Baba, uh, put it this way. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of things we can do to help. There's a lot of things we can do. For instance, let me yeah. just give you, let me just put an idea to you, right? And I I, I mean, I, I work with computers. I fix laptops. I know the ins and outs about laptops and all these devices. Now, most people um, when they when when the laptop plays up, they they get rid of it and they buy a new one or whatever they do in in the West or it, talking about because. All right, Brother Paul, go ahead. Brother Paul? I think he fell off again. He fell off again, okay. Well, when he gets back... He was talking about... He was talking about laptops, OG, and I think he was going towards... And I don't know why I connect so much with his brother... He said he works with lap, with laptops and IT things, but he was I think he was coming towards saying when you get rid of these laptops when you don't need them anymore, they can Hello? still be used over there. Yeah. Oh no. Is no. Back? Yeah. Brother Paul, you can hear me? Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Look. Right. Look. This. This is what. This is what's annoying for me, Bubba. Because sometimes I think we make this thing too difficult. You. You spoke about education, and you were 100 percent right. But let me put an idea to you, right? When I when I first started my business, I had Africans who lived in the UK who would go to places like um, Nigeria and other places who I used to sell a lot of secondhand equipment to, a lot. Because I had a friend in the Royal College of Nursing and all their, their ex-computers I used to get for free, for nothing, right? Because what, like these companies like Dell and all these companies, they have a five-year contract. And once they finish with the company finishes with the computers they basically put them in the bin so i was getting them for nothing because i had a friend who worked in that and i would sell them to these people and they would ship them and i and i thought to myself you know what why don't and i told one of the guys i said why don't you set a school up over there right and when you set the school up i'll come there and i'll show them how to fix these things from nothing and i'll show them i'm not asking for any money i'll show them and i'll show you how to start something very proper there well, he wasn't very interested in that because he was only interested in selling them and making a profit. Mm. Yeah, right. I know. That's unfortunate that that they right. don't have the mindset of helping themselves by helping others. You know, the, you know, it's only all about how can I get over? How can I get mine? You know, right. at the expense of all the other brothers and sisters because they it's so desperately needed. I know that we. Uh, we meaning me and my friend Jim, another firefighter. Uh, we've been to Ghana many times and and uh, tried to get equipment over there because you know, like just as Irv said, there the fire service is definitely neglected and they don't have a lot of money in uh, uh, country government, regional government, city government, town government, whatever, to really right. put a, 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 a top flight fire department together. So you know. So the, those, those, those Baba, things are necessary. Yeah, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I don't know why the system's cutting out all of a sudden. So the point I'm trying to... Let me just round up the point I'm trying to make, yeah? 
you know, like I said, I was getting these things for free. And, I, and, I was, and you know, I was getting a lot of computer equipment, which for me personally, computers have, have always been, and electronics has always been a hobby, not just a way of making money for me. It's been a hobby. It's my main interest. The main, main reason why I can speak to you and go through these channels because I understand this technology. Now, what I'm saying to you is that I can go to a car boot sale, which you call a flea market there, and sometimes you see laptops on the floor. People leave them behind, and I can't believe it. And I'm just telling you the truth. I can pick them up. They may not be um, top of the range or whatever, but a few tweaking, take the batteries out, change the batteries, and I've got to work in. Put some basic learning equipment in. You, like in England now, you go to what you call a flea market, you get educational software. People are throwing it away. They don't want it, okay? These, these, these um, teach up to degree level on the CD. Now, I, I always wonder, you know, people are throwing these things away. And I know with a little bit of organization and people who have got the right mindset, and that's the key, Baba Ochi, because most times it's the mindset. <laughs> Even some of these business people, they ain't got the right mindset. They are so greedy and about themselves that you can't get nothing done with them. That's right, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unbelievable. No, he's right on point. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he's got a bad connection today because he has never cut off this many times. So it's, yeah. It's, well, uh, when he comes back on, we'll yeah. get him back in. I'm going to go to Jay. 646. Uh, Stop making excuses, man. It's a cheap phone, and he needs a better, <laughs> better service. <laughs> I'm just joking. Hello, man. I'm glad yes. you made it back. I just got a chance oh, to tune in, in and out. I've been getting calls, but um, how was your how was your trip, man? It was fantastic, brother. I wish you could have went with me, Jay. It was it was unbelievable. It was un it was a culture shock. It was a culture shock. It makes you think different about everything that you do, everything that you say, and everyone that you speak to. Once you go there and see this for yourself. Don't let somebody tell you about it. Don't read about it. Don't look at it on TV. See it for yourself because the lens that you look through is your individual lens. You know, and Jane, and you you think different about a lot of things than a lot of people. I listen to what, what's in your head comes out your mouth. And But when you go there, I, you may think I'm looking straight, but I'm looking on the side just like you are. My head is on a swivel. You live in, well, you're in New York, correct? You got to be on a swivel. You got to know what's behind you and in front of you. It's the same way when you go to Africa. You see things. I was, I saw so many things there. It was just, and I didn't say anything because it wasn't for me to tell the group that I saw it. If you saw it, you didn't. But it, you, you see a wide spectrum of things. Everybody's doing something. There's always something happening in Africa where we were going through these villages and seeing these people. You would have loved it, Jay. I think you would really get a kick oh, out yeah, of it. Man, I think you would have really. When I was there, man, you know, years and years ago, the the thing I remember the most is the people and the scenery. I, I mean, I yeah. I was just amazed by the scenery when you take long trips between villages or you wow. know towns. I mean, that was the, that's the thing that I mostly remember. But the people were very very nice. It was it was just an interesting um experience and. And I remember I drunk more champagne in Africa than I ever have in my life. 
That was the thing. Wow. Champagne and Coca-Cola. That's what they that's what they wow. served you, you know, because you didn't really mess with the water unless it was bottled. Right. But um yeah, right. that was the that was the drink. Champagne and Coca-Cola. Cause you know Coca-Cola <laughs> is big over where I was at. But um I'm just glad yeah. you had a chance to go. And what it does is it'll make you want to go back every again year. and again. That's right. So, again and oh, again. So that means you gotta oh, yeah, go back. You gotta you gotta save those ducats or you know, be like oh she had that long <laughs> money and don't have to worry about saving yeah, those right. ducats to go yearly. But I'm I'm just <laughs> glad that you you had a chance to see what all of us need to see. Because if all of us saw it, we wouldn't have the love that we have for this place. We would you know, because I've spoken to people who didn't know anything about South Africa and went to South Africa and they brought their black ass back. I know wow. like three people that went to South Africa and they've come back to visit their family, but they went over there and have a much better life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the thing is, if you have a love for our people and you're willing to make adjustments, Africa is the place to go, man. Yeah. Africa is the place to go and set up shop because, you know, a country like Tanzania, and I mean, you've had the brother um, Peter Brown on. They building and growing that thing, man. They doing some beautiful things over there. With yes. the ledge group, That's so right. yeah. they're they're I mean, in a few other yeah. Thank I mean, you, thank you, my brother. I'm just glad you had the experience to go over there and open up your eyes and your heart even more. But look, oh, I'm getting some right. calls coming in. All right, Jay. Could you put me on mute, and sure if I can. get a chance, I'll click back over. All right, brother. All right, hotel. Hotel. All right, Jay. Yeah. Hotel. No, he's he's right, man. If you have that chance to go. Brother Paul, are you with us now, or are you still? Brother Paul, are you still? Hello? Hello? Yes, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so what I'm saying is this. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Because but, 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 but this, here's an opportunity, and, and, I, and I jumped an opportunity. So I'm just going to put it like this, yeah? And I'm sure I'm speaking to the right people. Between Baba Ochi and uh, brother, uh, Big Brother Irv, yeah? This is just a suggestion. Yeah. Um, you talk about education, and I think if we, if we, on behalf of um, uh, uh, this program and Time for Awakening, behalf of African Perspectives and Time for Awakening, start something like, for instance, sponsor a school in such a fashion that... Oh, man, you got cut off again. I was definitely listening. Oh, man, I hate that. Yeah, I wanted God, to hear that. Because that's a good idea. You know, the, 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 is, brothers, the brothers and sisters who listen to this program, if you're willing to donate whatever amount of money that we can donate to, put into a school for supplies and so forth, you know, that's a good idea. That's Really, that's what must happen. That is what must right. happen. You know, that those of us who had the wherewithal who understand for those that don't and how we can help them, 
you know, if we could pull those resources together and 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 uh, fund some educational programs, you know, uh, you know how how valuable that would be to those people, you know. So I, I I'm, I'm definitely in favor of it. Again, brother, whoever gives the money guides the narrative. If you notice, white people will give will give you what they call aid, but it ain't really aid. It's really it's really sharecropping. They really want right. you to be indebted to them, so right. they give you. And then they got narrative. Then all of a sudden, they're coming over here with this transgender foolishness and and all yeah. this um, craziness that they want you to participate in. But if we come together ourselves and we send our money or put our money together or have a conversation as to how we're going to do that, then we get to guide the narrative to nationalism, yeah. you know, and not necessarily, uh, you know, uh, their, their native language being a second language. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't English make sense. should be a second language. Exactly. It, do- it doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't. We don't even, over here, we've been so colonized, we don't even know our native language. Soon as you say something about Africa, well, I mean, you American, what you, what you care about Africa? You don't live over there. Well, like I tell people when I got there, I said, this all lives in me. Yeah. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm shocked, but I'm not devastated. <clears throat> I'm uncomfortable, but I can survive. Mm-hmm. If I can survive the racism here in this country, I, there's nothing that I can't survive in Africa. No, well, nothing. In fact, you'll, you'll adjust a lot better because of the atmosphere and, 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 and how it embraces you. You'll survive much better. I'm not speaking towards... Gambia and Senegal, but I know some other countries that are more welcoming. You know, uh, I mean, there's brothers and sisters who just you mentioned Tanzania a moment ago, or Tanzania, mm-hmm. but Tanzania a moment ago. There's a lot of brothers and sisters there, of course, in Ghana, of course, in Nigeria, you know, and there's other places. You know, uh, that's the you know to me. What we want to do is get the continent ready for the mass, for you know, for the mass trek of our people leaving wherever in the diaspora to come home, to come home to a right. stable, uh, uh, a stable environment where there's education, where there's jobs, where there's good communities, where where there's some. Uh, uh, innovations, modernizations, all those things are possible when you have the amount of resources that Africa has. When you have that, all those things are possible. But because we've been trained by Europeans, and, and once again, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I think of uh, that asshole Howard Nicholas with his arrogant ass trying to say that what we all must do is to keep Africa poor. Africa must never to be able to produce anything for themselves. We want Africa's resources and we want them cheap, you know. And if we got to eliminate okay. Africa, to eliminate Africans to do it, we will definitely do so. You know, eliminate yeah. Africans by the hundreds of thousands, if not the millions, to take their resources right. and to take their land. And 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 so I'm saying is that that's the mentality. Of, of the people who we're dealing with and yet we think because of the religions that they've imposed upon us that those people 
are good, God-fearing people, and they would never do something like this to us. Yeah, right. You know, they're doing it every right. day. Right. They're doing it every day. They're doing it now. And it's it's slavery under another name. Yeah. They're doing it right now. They're taking things from Africa. And if Africa ever wakes up, which they are now, Africans are waking up and they're being educated. If they ever decide to say, we don't want you here no more. We want to push you into the sea. These white folks will send military, if they ain't got bases there already, they will turn up and, and they will take what they want from you. And that's why they don't want Africa to have airplanes and missiles and a nuclear a nuclear bomb plant, because they right. know that it, one day they're one day and pretty soon Africa is going to stand up and say there no is more. no there's no turning back right. no, no more no more no more, more. No got- more. and then white folks gonna be white folks they're gonna be white they're gonna turn into the the right. evil devils that they are and they're going to start their killing because that's what white people do they kill they kill the th- they don't negotiate and how are you negotiating with me and you got a nuclear bomb in yeah, your pocket right you that ain't no negotiation oh, exactly she? well listen we got no. paul back on with us paul paul you yeah all right okay, I, apologize. I apologize i don't know what was going on okay well, um, finish what if you yeah, can remember because both me and Brother Irv, we were like excited about what you were saying in, in terms of us doing something for a school, doing something to uh, provide materials and so forth. Go ahead, Brother Paul. Yeah, what, what I'm saying, and just listening to Brother, Brother Irv and his observations, which actually spurred me to think that uh, there's a lot we can do. And, and uh, like, for instance, um, he talked about education. So... For me personally, having an understanding about um, laptops, and I see laptops. For me, I see laptops as a tool. It's a, it's a, it's such a powerful tool. It allows you to connect to the world. You can have a a d you can have a DVD which you put in the laptop, which has the whole math syllabus on it. Now, when children are like in Africa are hungry for learning, they will do it. They don't need nobody to uh, guide them. They will do it, okay? And I know this. Now, I haven't had the, uh, uh, been in the position of Baba Earth, but I've been to Jamaica and I've seen this. They don't have all the benefits we have and they have a, a, an eager thing for learning and they don't really need people around them to learn. They just learn because some of the things I saw there, I realized in certain aspects, they were more advanced than us who had everything. So the bottom line is, is what I'm saying to you is that, um, you know, we, on behalf of your show and time for waking, brother, I've talked about posters and I, I've heard this all before. Well, it's not a problem for us to get posters there. Mm slowly but surely put the posters which will change the mindset we can do that it's not a problem for us to send them educational books uh, uh, um you know i like i say i go to these car we call them car boots you call them flea markets i see people giving them away mm. 50 pence a time a five pound book they're giving away for 50 pence they the children are finished using yeah. it they're there. we can do this right and the bottom line is the only the only the only way Africa's going to change is, like Brother Marco said, if we change it. And we must start from the ground up. That's where we must start. We start from the school with the children. And, you know, the things we do, they won't forget. 
they will know that it's coming from uh, 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 your your program and the people. They will know this and they will grow up with this and know that there are people thinking about them. That's going to change their mindset because they're going to recognize they're not on their own. Okay, they're not fighting that struggle there in Africa on their own. There's people around the world who don't just talk about it or just visit as a tourist and, and have their ideas. No, they, they mean business. Okay, and I, I think it's an easy thing for us to do. It's easy, you know, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest. With you. I ain't no fool, right? I'm willing, I, you know, I have, I've lost money in the past, right? But my dad always said to me, even when you get in a problem with a person, you don't, you don't believe in them, still pay them. And I used to think he was crazy, but now I understand. Because when, you, when, when a person's cheated, the cheat ain't on me, it's on you, okay? Right. My heart is clean. And so what I'm saying to you, Baba Ochi, is that, I, you know, you're the type of person, and Brother Er with his enthusiasm and his honesty, you're the type of people who we need to start this thing. And, you know, where it goes, who knows? But it's not that difficult, right? And if it means that I contribute some money for the packaging or whatever, mm -hmm. I'm willing to do that. I have no problem with that, yeah? Um, you know, we need to get them a, uh, some laptops, some educational software, some books, sponsor the school, and every so often, you know, we've got the radio platform, we've got other platforms, we bring in donations, and we use that to build this, these connections. That's how we do it. Right. Because, you know, it can't just all be about talk and hypotheses and speculation and history. It must be about something solid. And we need to start with the education, like, like Brother Irv said, and with the schools and with the children. It's the children we need to go after. I agree. Yeah, yeah I agree. Go ahead, Brother Irv. Yeah, because that's who they're going after. Even in this country, they're not coming after people like you and me. They could put a pile of cocaine in front of me. I'm not going to snort it. But a child may try it. You see, and not knowing that they one snort and they're addicted for a lifetime. And, and they're coming for the mind that is the most impressionable. The most impressionable mind is the mind of a child because the child shall lead them. And that is the absolute truth. So that's who they want to accept homosexuality. That's who they want to accept Christianity and Islam and Muslim and all these different ideologies, accept all these things so that they can be totally and obliviously if that's a word, confused. Because as long as you're confused, I can take you anywhere I want you to go. But once you know where you're going, once you understand who you are, knowledge of self, where you come from, then you can't move me with the foolishness. You can't type me with a pair of Michael Jordan tennis shoes. I can give a damn about a pair of tennis shoes. What I care about is the, liber the liberation and the sovereignty of our people. What I care about is us being having a level playing field as everyone else. Mm -hmm. And we don't because you're sending these puppets and these clowns and these, these, they look like me, but they're not like me to tell me something about me. And they have, they are lost their damn selves because they're getting orders from their democratic party and their, and all these organizations of the NWOAC, whatever it is, <laughs> all them people who yeah. are telling him how black they're supposed to be. And they're not even black. And you're standing here telling me that this man with a dress on is going to tell me something about a woman. Are you effing mm. serious? Mm. Have yeah. we lost our minds? Yeah. Have we lost our minds? Because we don't know, and I go to this country, and I'm seeing these people walking in dirt and kente cloth with a matching head wrap. Feet look like crocodile skin. Mm -hmm.
Come on now. And they're proud. They're, and I'm, I'm not only be yelling and screaming, but, but see, I'm passionate but about see, this because these people. Right, because they're proud because they're, it is their country. It is their home. It is the birth of their mother and father and those who came before them. So they're proud of that fact. They may not be proud of the conditions, but they're proud of that fact. And now what can we do to help alleviate the discomfort alleviate all the madness what can we do and that is help to educate particularly the children the next generations coming up that they may begin to bring uh, uh, some enlightenment maybe those brothers and sisters will begin to form schools and educational institutions themselves and they will teach them about things that are necessary for building the country building roads building highways, building ports, building schools, building hospitals, building subdivisions, things that will help them improve their condition for, for, for generations and not just a moment. That's what, that's what we must do, man. That's what's necessary, you know? And see, and then once, right. they, once, they, once they have done these things, they can build uh, uh, factories they can produce they can you know you know when I went to that uh, I think it was my first or second year second first or second time that I've been to Ghana and I'm sitting in the um, in a cocoa farm you know and, mm, and, no. and I'm sitting in a cocoa farm and I'm saying to myself this is a damn shame all of this will be taken from Africa sent to Belgium, sent to Switzerland, sent to the UK, and then the, the finished products of, of, of chocolate in, in bars and so forth and, and mix will come back here to be sold here in Africa and around the world. But the, but the main, you know, uh, uh, product is right here. You know, why can't we produce it? Why can't we produce ourselves and distributed throughout the world, just like Brother uh, Marcus was saying about the cashews. There's so many things that we could do for ourselves, but just like, once again, that asshole Howard Nicholas, we do not want Africans ever to be producers of the, of the materials that they have on the continent because we want to do that. We want to, mm-hmm. you know, we want that to happen for us at their expense. We want to rip them off uh, of, of their resources. We want to mass produce it and sell the shit back to them. And, and, and yet, our leadership or misleadership does not advocate for us in that way because why? They're getting paid off. They, That's right. You know, they're, they're taking these under the table, behind the back, all this corruption that's happening, and yet the people continue to suffer. See, right. see, 
but, but ultimately, the, the, and that's why, right, it has to be a, gra- a grassroots right. operation because the reality is it, we know these things. We know how this thing works now, how these games are played. It's not as if we don't know, and it's not as if we're naive. It's clear as day how these games are being played, and the objective is to keep Africa poor. The mm. Western world's main objective, and the funny thing is, it's not just keep Africa poor, it's to keep those who are uh, uh, descendants or connected to Africa poor as well. Like Malcolm X says, it's, it's not just happening on that stage. Right. It happens in, in the the local stage. The same right. thing they're doing All on over. is what yes. they're doing on the local stage. It's the yes. same pattern of behavior. So the reality, we well, for me personally, anybody still looking at NGOs or looking at governments and all that, you know, they just want to be part of exploitation. They just want to be part of the robbing, the raping, the theft of not just Africa, but themselves. They don't mind sitting in, in the uh, wearing the big hat and robbing each other, going in there with the places where they grew up and going and tricking the people, fooling the people and robbing them with their politics. They don't mind doing that. They happily sit doing that. Mm-hmm. But for some of us who were born with this energy of righteousness and conscience above everything, that's not us. We don't do right. that. You right. understand? Do what's right because we are the righteous and the conscious of this planet, and that's what matters. I say, I say. right, yeah, I say. I well, say. Well, listen, brothers, we're 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 coming to a close once again. And brother Paul, thank you <clears throat> for your contribution. Thank you, brother Paul. Yeah. Coming. You, know, you know what? I'm just so pleased that I can even get an invitation to speak on this program and find like-minded people because it's crazy being among this. This world is just crazier by the minute. So thank you to both of you and everybody who contributes, man. We just got to do what we can do and always try and do better. Right on. Thank you, brother. Okay. Right on. But, yeah. Well, thank I, you, my brother. I, I tell you what. What I, what I will do um, to use this platform maybe um uh be serious about i know i got a number of things upcoming i'm going to uh baltimore next week i won't be on wednesday and friday next week but i will be back on that following monday um uh going to the um institute of the black world and of course the institute of the black world they're talking about the global situation and there's so many other groups like that and other organizations like that and it doesn't make sense why we can't all come together as one you know when we're fragmented when we're over here and over there and over this place and over there, you know we're easily manipulated you're going after resources you're going after money and of course you may be talking to caucasians and other groups that you, you know the Jew, european jews about and, and of course then they control you and and they pretty much stifle your voice, you know. But if we're all one and we're pulling our resources together, and we develop the one voice, and that voice is serious, it's unwavered. You know, it, it's not no damn flipping. It's saying directly what we as African people are going to do on the continent throughout the diaspora as an African people. And we're going to take control of our destiny. We're going to t- take control of our lives. We're going to work together to build with one another. We, we understand that our future 
you know, is not clear, clear in, in, in plan unless we do it. It is uncertain. This is tenuous. Right. Our situation is tenuous. So we must begin to come together to do it. So, but anyway, brothers and sisters, I thank you. Thank yes. you. You got any uh, any closing remarks there, uh, uh, brother co-host? <laughs> thank you, Bravo, for letting me speak. I just have nothing to say at this time. It, 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 we're close to one o'clock. I just appreciate uh, people p- p- calling in and listening and being interested in anything that I do. So I just thank you so much. I, I'm okay. grateful. Right That's on. Pretty much. Brothers and sisters, yes, thank you sir. all who has, have called in, those who are listening. So we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people, lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure in hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, have a blessed and wonderful day. Shimhotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Abibifahorie means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. Peace, family. Great, sir.